This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. It's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to another episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast, where once again, we're going to give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Tip number one, it is an exercise tip. If you want to increase the range of motion that you have during a squat or a deadlift during your workout, instead of uh, doing some static stretching or maybe just getting into a squat hold or something like that right before you do your squats, the best thing you could do is do planks. Why is that? Because primal stability, primal meaning the core of your body, increases distal mobility. So the more I stabilize my core, my stomach muscles, right, the more I stabilize that core, my stomach muscles, my back, the more mobility I'm going to have distally, meaning my ankles, my knees, my hips. And if you want to get super specific, if you want to increase your internal hip mobility, do a side plank. If you want to increase your external hip mobility, do a regular good old push-up plank. Okay, tip number two, something I am experimenting with. It actually do with our advanced training four-minute warm-up. Part of the advanced training four-minute warm-up. If you don't know what it is, Google it. Uh, part of it is a walk-out and a push-up where you stand up straight, you bend over like you're doing an RDL, you put your hands on the ground, you walk out, you kind of basically crawl with your hands, you walk out into a push-up position, you do five push-ups, then you walk your hands back into your feet, stand up straight, and that is one set. You do that that set three times. So it's three sets of five reps of push-ups. Anyway, what am I experimenting with? I'm experimenting with staggering my hands on the push-up, meaning that when I walk out into a push-up, I don't have my hands in traditional push-up positions. Sometimes I'll have my left hand up around my forehead and the right hand at a regular push-up position, and sometimes I'll switch it up where my right hand's at my forehead and the left hand is in a push-up position. And if you really want to be a dude, if you really want to experiment it, with that, do that all on one foot. The walk out, the push-ups, and the walk back up. Pretty sick stuff. Okay, tip number three, the quote that I'm thinking about. Uh, this is what I've said before, but I'm saying it again because now I'm looking at it from a new perspective. It is, even the finest sword dipped in salt water will eventually rust. I'll say that one again. Even the finest sword dipped in salt water will eventually rust. So how does this relate to you? Well, if you are a player, maybe you're a good player, but you're just in the wrong scheme you're in the wrong system, or you're in the wrong environment. Or maybe you're a good coach, but you're in the wrong school. You're in the wrong program. You got the wrong support. Or maybe you're a coach, and you are creating the saltwater. You've got great players, but you're creating an environment where those players, it, it's, it's the saltwater that's turning them into rust. Maybe your training you're giving them is wrong. Maybe the feedback you're giving them is wrong. Maybe you're not you know, coaching them with the cues that they need to be the best they can be. And I'm thinking about this because I'm reading that. I, I, I talked about it in my last podcast. I'm reading the book, The Twin Thieves, and the, the coach had mentioned that his guy made the catch in the championship game on the last play. 
because he had unconditional love from his coach. He had no fear of dropping that ball. He didn't think his coach would hate him if he dropped that ball. Also, I had a conversation with Jimmy Uski, who coaches 7th and 8th grade basketball, and he talked about what he noticed so much was that these younger players, because their parents are so close, they're like right on the court, and they're yelling at their kids, that they were more concerned about screwing up from their parents' perspective of them yelling at them than they were about missing the shot. Like, not that my coach is going to be mad or I'm going to lose. It's, oh, my God, my, my mom's going to scream if I miss the shot. So, again, think this through. Even the finest sword dipped in salt water will eventually rust. Don't focus on the outcome. It's not about the outcome. It's about the process. So if you focus on the outcome and you miss a shot, well, then you're a failure. You failed. You can't shoot. You stink right? But if you focus on the processes, how do I make my shot better? Am I getting better? Am I learning from the process? Am I getting better than I was before? Because the outcome is either success or failure. That's it. But the process, there are steps to improvement along the way. And you can absolutely improve. You can improve, but still fail. And that's the differentiation that you need to make as a coach and as a player. Having said that, I'm going to go to tip number four. It's a productivity tip. And it really links to it. I heard this on a Tim Ferriss podcast. This guy had said that he's, he's taught more people to juggle than anybody else. And how does he do that? The first thing he does is he has people work only on throwing the ball. He said most people, when they try to learn how to juggle, they focus on throwing a ball, catching it, throwing a ball, catching it, throwing a ball, catching it, throwing multiple balls, catching it, right? And the problem is, is that as you throw the balls and you drop the ball, you oh my God, I dropped the ball, I can't catch the ball, I am a failure, and now you're focusing on the outcome. So what he has people do is he has them work solely on throwing the ball in the air and letting the ball drop, drop to the ground. He's eliminating the outcome of catching the ball and really just working on better throws. And now by working on better throws, he's enabling an easier catch. So he's eliminated the bad outcome and only works on the positive outcome. And then in that same podcast, they talked about how to make people effectively, I, I say swim, uh, I, I don't know, how to effectively teach them to swim better. And part of it was, I'm not even going to teach you how to swim. The first thing I'm going to do is just teach you how to kick off a wall. Forget about swimming. Because people learn how to swim, and they sink, or they start to drown or whatever, they get really depressed. Oh my god, I can't swim, I'm the worst. But if I'm just kicking off the wall, I'm just getting used to doing nothing. I'm getting used to basically just succeeding at moving through water. I've already got that step down. Okay, it's part of the process. So again, uh, I guess that productivity tip, that tip number four is linking back to tip number three. Focus on the process, don't judge yourself by the outcome. Okay, tip number five, something I am reading that is moving me. It is an article called Dare to be Great. It was written in 2006. It was written to investors. But the general premise is that you can't take the same actions as everybody else and expect to outperform them. And what the guy was saying, though, is that you have to give yourself a chance to fail. You have to. Because if you give up too quickly, then once again, you focused on the outcome and not on the process. And failure, this is the, the tricky part with this, is that failure, when you are taking different actions, if you're being unconventional, if you fail, it looks really bad. You look like a loser. And it's actually going to give you below average results. Now, if you're following convention of methods and you fail, it's going to give you average bad results. Like, eh, it's bad, but it's just as bad as everybody else. But if you take this unconventional approach, it's going to give you like below average bad results. Like much, it's worse than what the average bad is. And if you're in a situation where you have the potential of being fired for looking bad, well, then you probably shouldn't try these unconventional things. But if you want superior results, 
If you want to be above average with your good, then you got to try these unconventional methods. Because if you take conventional methods, and if you take conventional methods, and you don't have superior skill or resources, then you're just going to be average good, right? You're going to be good, but you're not going to win the whole thing. You're not going to be great. So the best you're ever going to be with conventional results is be a little bit above average. Okay. But if you want to win the whole thing, you got to take unconventional methods. And that's the only way to give yourself above average results. And he was talking about this with investing, but I truly believe it's the same way in sports. The risk, again, is that you, if you're bad, <laughs> you're going to be different and worse. But if you're better, you're going to be different and better. So this kind of also links through, links to that finest sword, a uh, finest sword dipped in salt water will eventually rust. You need to be in an environment where there is a willingness to fail, where failure is embraced as part of this learning process, and it's going to take time. If you're the type of person that wants to put all your money uh, on 17 on a roulette table and it doesn't come in once, and you walk away from the table because you failed once, well then you're never going to have that unconventional superior result. Right? It's that person that puts like five chips on 17, five chips on 17, five chips on 17. Bang! It comes out. Now you hit that payday. Right? It's the person who's playing the outside of that roulette table. Two coins here, two coins there, two coins here. You might win, I don't know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. You could play for an hour. Nobody's going to throw you off. You might lose 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Again, it's this conventional thing that everybody does, but it's not going to give you great results. But if you want to change your life, uh, take $1,000, put it on 17. If it doesn't come in, you look like a moron. If it comes in, you look like a genius, right? Because I think it's like 35 to 1 odds or something like that. But again, if you, if you, but you got to keep doing it. You have to give yourself a chance to fail. You gotta give yourself the chance to fail, otherwise you can't take those unconventional results. And if you're in an environment where they don't want you to fail at all, it's about their ego, it's about the way it looks, if they want instant gratification, if uh, you know they have no willingness to, to learn or to grow, well then, it's not gonna work. You're in the wrong place. You're that fine sword dipped in salt water. Okay, tip number six, the craziest thing I saw all week. We were in Universal Studios for a uh, Christmas vacation with my entire family. I went to the gym one morning. My nephew was there. He goes onto the seated, you know, it's, it's a hotel gym, so don't get your hopes up for the story too much. Anyway, he goes to a seated shoulder press machine that's there, and he <laughs> he looks over and said, whoever did this before me was either delusional or a beast. And we look at it, and the whole thing is racked. Like, and by racked, for people that don't know what the hell I mean, it means like the highest weight. So someone was either crazy and like blew both their shoulders out or they actually were doing a uh, I don't know 220 pound seated shoulder press I didn't see anybody walking around the hard rock in Orlando that looked anything like they could do that I know I certainly couldn't do that so if somebody could do that I'd be truly truly impressed but that's the craziest thing I saw I will top that off with a second bonus one this probably isn't unusual for me but everyone else uh, my wife's gym etiquette on a scale of uh, 1 to 10 is 0. Yes, 0. And she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say whatever I want. So what she does when she works out in a hotel gym, or any gym for that matter, is she takes whatever dumbbells she is using off the rack, walks them to the other side of the gym, and stays there with them until her workout is over. So she took the uh, 15-pound dumbbells and kept them there for the entirety of her gym session, which was probably about an hour long. Just 
Rude, man. It's very rude. In my, in my world, I think I wrote an article like seven things, seven pet peeves about the gym. This is why I don't train at a gym anymore for reasons like this, is that here's what you should do. You do your, your set, and you put those dumbbells back. Then you're going to do your next set. You take them off the rack, and you do another set of dumbbells. Uh, she doesn't believe in that. She takes the dumbbells. She uses them for the entire hour, and God help you if you want them. She will give you this look, and you'll be scared, and you won't use them. So, but me, I always, if I'm doing anything, I put those dumbbells back on the rack. Somebody can use them. They put them back on the rack. We go back and forth with them. That is what's called the gym etiquette. Gym etiquette. All right. I shouldn't say her gym etiquette is zero. She does. One of the things that really bothers me in a gym is if somebody is doing their workout on their dumbbell right in front of the rack. Like they take the dumbbell off the rack and they do whatever they're doing right in front of the rack so nobody else can get there. That's just rude too. She doesn't do that. That would be really awful if she did all of her stuff in front of the rack and kept the weights near her. So nobody could use any other dumbbell on the rack. So if you're using a dumbbell, one, put it back. And two, when you're doing your set, walk away from the rack. It's this way other people can move in and out and get any other dumbbell they want at that point. All right, people, that is the end of 6-Minute Monday. It took 12 minutes, but again, I am the uh, owner and proprietor of Advanced Training, so I can do whatever I want. Okay, bye. This episode is brought to you by ProPulse Speed Trainers, created by the mad scientist himself, David Weck. Now, in my 20-plus years of evaluating athletes, there was always one thing, one thing that I could look at and tell you if this athlete was going to be sick or if they were going to be in our coordinated mess, and I could tell you that in about five seconds. And what was it? It was the way their upper bodies moved in sync with their lower bodies. If they were in complete and total sync, I knew the athlete was going to be sick. You've always heard, look at this guy's arm angles. Look at the way the violent arm action, the way this guy runs. Well, those were always the best athletes. Now, what David Weck did is he created these little miniature weights that are about 12 ounces each that you can hold in your hand. And inside of those weights, he has these little beads. And when you run and when, you move, when you're pumping those arms, when those weights are pumping those arms, you can actually hear with those beads if you are on the right rhythm. It's actually sending a signal to your brain to say, yep, I am in pace, I am in rhythm, and it will instantly get your upper body and lower body in sync. If you want to become like Michael Jordan, Randy Morse, LeBron James, Derek Jeter, watch these guys run, watch their sick arm angles, get yours today. Go to shop.weckmethod.com. That's shop, W-E-C-K, that's weckmethod.com. Put in the code WMA270. Again, that's W. MA270. It will get you 10% off of any item that you buy. Go and get yours today.